excellent, man. It's 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday. I mean, <laughs> it's a good night. <laughs> it's an NFL offseason. Time is irrelevant. It must be a good night if you with... think it's 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> it's, it's, uh... it's just another day without NFL football, but we're getting back into it. The draft was good. Offseason's been fun so far. Looking forward to this episode. How are you doing, Kerry? Next question. What are we doing, right. boys? Wow. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, what what was so weird about today? You yeah, pretty frisky or something? That was pretty weird. I'm just gonna say it right now. That was pretty weird. Uh, this is just a weird day, you know. Coaching golf for a living. Weird, you get weird stuff happening sometimes. So. I think we've all had a weird day in different ways, but um, probably. What, Jerry, what I feel like I feel like there's something you want to get off your chest. What's wrong, Jerry? Jesus? Right now. No. Um. He's just, he's, he, he was drinking a little before this episode. I know it's a rule we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to pregame the episodes, but Carrie's pregamed it a little bit. So, uh, so I'm looking forward. What is that, Zach? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm going back in time, visiting an oldie but a goodie. Dead guy ale. Because dead guy. Are you a dead guy? I feel pretty, pretty fucking dead right now. I'm not going to lie. Hey, soon enough we'll all be. So, uh, That's exactly right. you have that one on the show? Positive. Uh, yeah, I've had that before. It's it's good. It's good stuff. What okay. about you guys? What are you having? So, I went back to Bud Light, but at least I did something different this week. I had a Bud Light bowl. I just dumped a bunch of beer in here and <laughs> sipping out. <laughs> That's how my is going. Did your fish die? Is that, no, is that what's bothering you? a bowl of beer. That's, That's just definitely, That's definitely a goldfish bowl. Guys. That's definitely a goldfish bowl. I feel like your fish died. I and hope you like, took the goldfish out. No, he's still in there. But <laughs> keep going. Trevor, what you got tonight? Zach, you remember my fish freshman year? Yeah. Quincy? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was a G. Um, I'm drinking... Uh, it's Japanese. Never had it before. Sephora. Uh, roommate Jared got it for me. Hey. Check it out. It's like a... Huh? I'm getting Japanese beer next week. Okay, so yeah, shout out to Ireland, shout out to Jared. Yeah, shout but, out to Ireland. Wait, now, wait, wait real quick, Japan. real quick, before we move on, I want to give a shout out to this beer company, because uh, Rogue Ales, Newport, Newport, Oregon. How about them ducks? Or the beavers, I don't know who they're a fan of. But one of the reasons I love this beer, if you go on the back here, you can actually see... It tells you what it pairs well with. So this pairs well with grilled asparagus, barbecue ribs, pecan pie. Pretty good. I really like that. I really like that. <laughs> Somebody just farted. Maybe you just farted. Maybe I did. At least you're not burping this week. Oh, Terry, come on. I got burp juice right here. Just give me a minute. Come on. I bet you do. Wait, before we get in football, I got a couple things I want to say. Um... We're, we're right in the midst, right in the meat of the NHL and NBA playoffs, so definitely make sure to go check out our other podcasts, Really Hoops and Really Hockey. Follow them both on Twitter. Um, same name and everything. But, uh, yeah, covering the playoffs, you're home for the NHL and NBA playoffs. That's enough. Let's get into football. What's going on? NFC North. <laughs> NFC I mean, North this week. The North. Who even needs to talk about the division? Packers run this division. Nobody else matters. Uh, so I get, what what are you gonna put what are you gonna put in the rankings, Kerry? One to four. 
Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. Bears last in the division. Okay. Trevor. Ah, man. Uh, What were the Packers last year? 13-4. and No Devontae. They got that receiver from, what, like, North Dakota State? I mean, you got to – you know what? You know what? Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, a game or two behind for the three seed, and then, sadly, Chicago in a rebuilding year. But – a kind of promising year. Wait, are we saying field. Chicago's in a rebuild year now? Are they? In a, are they in a rebuild decade? Like, have you seen their team? Come on, I just know this year they're they're going to be rebuilding. They're going to be in. in They've been play. bad for so long. Uh-huh. They lost like half their defense this year too. That ain't it, Chief. What about you, Zach? What's your ranking looking like? I'm I'm gonna put uh, it's listen. Kind of like what Kerry said, or what people have said about uh, about other divisions. You know, it's it's the Packers division unless they show me otherwise. I'm gonna go with the Pack uh, at one. I'm gonna go Vikings very close too. Um, then I'm gonna go Lions. Then I'm gonna go Bears. Uh, Bears oh, are yeah. bad. I feel like the Lions get a lot better, especially with the first overall pick or second overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson's an absolute animal, so he's going to really help out that that pass rush. Um, if you look at their games last year, it's not like they. I mean, they did have some struggles scoring the ball, but it's not like they couldn't couldn't move the ball down the field. It was mostly the fact that they put up they allowed so many points defensively, and if they can they can quiet that down a little bit, I feel like they have they're going to have a chance to to win a, a few more games than they won last year. What do you guys think about the Lions after the draft? And, you know, Zach, you'll slander Jared Goff here and there. Me and Kerry don't usually let it stand. But Lions this year, I got them third in the division, a uh, game or two behind second place. So it might be too funky, but I can see it. Nine and seven. I don't hate that. Or eight. Nine and seven. I'm eight this year. That's a glow up. 17 games. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six and eleven. It's fair. fair. I don't I don't think they quite get to a winning record. I think they finish six and eleven. Not terrible. Not great. Kind of like the Lions were under under Matthew Stafford. Six and eleven. Still improvement. Yeah. Improvement. Well, the team a team we all talked about in potentially a rebuilding year the chicago bears um our first guest for the nfc north we've got lucas here to talk about the chicago bears lucas can you hear us all right yeah i can hear you can you hear me yeah, yeah sound sounds good, good buddy how's it going how you doing tonight good should be a lot of fun looking forward to it i mean if you're a bear fan you can't be having that much fun sadly <laughs> you know what <laughs> you're probably not wrong but <laughs> take what we can get i guess wait I got I got a quick question right off the bat for you. Yeah. Who do you, who do you think the best Bears QB all time is? Uh, I got to go with Jay Cutler. Okay. Um, yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> people people say Sid Luckman, you know, but like that guy played in, during World War II, so I don't know. Exactly. I don't really, yeah, I don't really know if you can count those stats. Uh, yeah, it it hasn't been it hasn't been a good history though. Um, if if Jay Cutler's our best quarterback, it's kind of rough, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. Hopefully, Justin Fields can change that, though. Not I think Mitchell you will. Trubisky? You don't think it's Trubisky? 
No, no. I don't think <laughs> this game. Is this definitely a rebuilding year for the Bears? Uh, I, I think, I think you kind of have to say yes at this point. Um, do I think we're going to be as bad as people think? I don't, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they have the eyes set on 2023 right now. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I guess you could consider it a rebuild year, but I think they're still going to try to win games. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, looking ahead into this season, this possible rebuild, what would you say some of the strengths are on the team as of now? So I think the biggest strength for us is going to be this new scheme that Luke Getzey's bringing in. I think he's been my favorite move that the Bears have made this offseason. Mm-hmm. I think he's really going to help Justin Fields develop. Um, uh, talking about big strengths, on the offensive side of the ball, we don't really have a lot, unfortunately. Um, if I had to pick one, it'd be, it'd be the run game. I think the run game's going to be huge for us, as it has been in years past. I think David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert make up a pretty solid backfield, mm-hmm. and he likes to run the ball. So um, it's going to be a nice change of pace from Nagy, who was allergic to running the ball. I think, I think that that's going to be huge strength for us going into the season. Zach, a bloodhound, sad scene. The uh, Artavius Pierce, no longer a member of the Bears or the NFL. I'm sad about it. I'm sad about it. Yeah, he's, he's from our hometown. He, he went to the same high school, Zach. Played I played golf with at. him. I played with him. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You played with him. Yeah. Um, well, we talked about the strengths a little bit. Uh, what would you say some of the headlining, some of the weaknesses that you're most concerned about heading into this next year? Yeah, so the two obvious glaring needs are the receiving core and the offensive line. Those those were very weak last year, um, and I expect it to be rough this year as well. They did do. They did make moves to address each of those areas, but uh, there's still the question on like whether or not they did enough to fix those positions of need. Mm-hmm. I tend to lean that like they could have done more, but um, it is what it is. Uh, are, you, are you kind of disappointed, like seeing it all the big receivers getting traded this season, all the guys going in the draft, and the Bears didn't get a single guy, and they're going with you know Mooney as wide receiver one. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I would have liked to have them draft a receiver in the second round. Although those picks have grown on me, we could talk about that a little bit, I guess. But um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen them bring in a bigger name. But you know, at this point, it is what it is. Maybe they'll bring in somebody. Although it's kind of like there's kind of not really many guys available anymore. Um, but yeah, they. they they could have done more. That's just my opinion. I know some Bears fans might disagree. The Valus Jones pick in the third round has grown on me a little bit, um, but I'm still not the biggest fan of it. Uh, it's kind of underwhelming for, for most Bears fans, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, talked about the draft a little bit. Talked a little bit about those picks, how they've kind of grown on you. But looking back a couple months ago at the beginning of the offseason and then to where you are now, would you say that they've had a successful offseason, and what would you grade their offseason? I mean, wait. First, Matt Nagy's gone, so obviously it's successful. <laughs> oh, dude, you stole my joke. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace being gone is a success in itself. Um, yeah, it depends on who you ask, though. Like, 
I feel like this question would divide a lot of Bears fans. Um, some fans not too happy, others over the moon about it. I'm kind of like in the middle. I don't think that it was anything spectacular, but I understand their vision. I like that they have a vision for this team, it seems like. Um, whereas, you know, Pace and Nagy were kind of holding on to their jobs at, at that point, trying to compete with a roster that was nowhere near competing. Uh, the, you know, Khalil Mack being traded was obviously a huge indicator on where this team's heading. Um, that must have hurt. Yeah, it did. Honestly, I, Khalil Mack was one of my favorite players, you know, that I've seen as a Bears fan. But, yeah, it was it was probably time to part ways with him. I still kind of wish we got more of a return for him, to be honest. But I understand it. Um, it's a business, whatnot. And, he, you know, he only played seven games last year. Mm-hmm. So... He's he's older. It makes a lot of sense for both the, both the Chargers and the Bears uh, that trade. But um, yeah, man. Like as far as a successful off season goes, I think it could have been better. But it wasn't it wasn't like the worst off season that people seem to want to make it out to be. Mm-hmm. You think the defense can be a lot different? You know, I mean, obviously you mentioned Mac, but guys like you know Goldman, Trevathan gone too. You think defense can take a big step back this year or keep around the same next season? You know what? It's yeah, that's a good question. I I tend to th- tend to think no, um, and the reason why is because Ibraflus has had a lot of success in Indy with you know pretty average pieces. Um, not to say that that defense was the best in the league or anything, but it was one of the worst in the league when he got there, and he kind of turned it around. Um, and I think. I think this Bears, this Bears defensive roster still has talent on it. Um, you know, Robert Quinn broke broke our se- single season sack record last year. Mm-hmm. He is older, but but we have pieces like that. Roquan Smith, a premier linebacker, Jalen Johnson, who's looking like a he's going to be a pretty good corner. Um, uh, yeah, and then and then uh, Eddie Jackson. You know, I'm I'm kind of hoping that like he kind of bounces back. And I think Eddie that Jackson is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he can be. I really do. Uh, I, I really like the Brisker pick. That that pick grew on me because I think he's going to allow Eddie to get back to his more free safety position. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think this defense has got to keep us in some games. Here, so I don't think they're going to fall apart. Gotcha, gotcha. Are you um, – do you live in the Chicago area? Have you been to the Chicago area um, in time? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, born in Chicago, raised like an hour outside the city. So okay, yeah, I moved um, to Chicago. Unfortunately, what are your feelings about deep dish pizza? Deep dish pizza. You know, it's funny. You can like, if you come to the city, like people will tell you that are from Chicago that that's not real Chicago pizza. Mm-hmm. I tend to think that. I mean, it's a staple. I understand the tourist attraction. It's okay. I, I like deep dish. A good deep dish is is good pizza, but. It's uh, not my favorite. I prefer Thin Crust. Gotcha. I've only had yeah. it once, and it was a long time ago, and I was on the toilet for hours after. So <laughs> yeah, I don't like, do that to you. But I'm I'm opening back up. I'm I think I'm I'm gonna try it again sometime. See what's up. But I wanted to get your I mean a real Chicago in. Mm. I really wanted to. I had to get your yeah. thoughts first. Um, we talked a little bit. Are you happy with their draft picks? You said they've grown on you a little bit, but overall, are you happy with the return? Yeah, I am. Um, like I said, would I would I prefer them draft a receiver? Probably, but 
considering what we got, I, I'd say it was pretty successful. I like the Kyler Gordon, Andrew Quinn, Brisker pick. I mean, our secondary was toast last year. And so, so those are two day one starters that are going to come in and hopefully fix that area of need. Bayless Jones, I talked about him a little bit. Um, and then, you know, Ryan Cole like trading down uh, a lot. <laughs> and he took a lot of throws at the dartboard, which I think is a good thing. Considering how bad our offensive line is, he invested quite a lot of picks into that position. Um, yeah, there's a lot to be hopeful for with this draft class. Okay. Sure, you want to speak there? <laughs> no, I had a question and it just... Lo- it. Oh, That's okay, okay, okay. No, I got one. Got one. It, it, came back. it came back, it came back, it came back, it came back, it came back. Don't drink beer, kids. Um, <laughs> so... With what you've seen from Justin Fields uh, last year, obviously the team's going to improve a little bit. Offense is going to change, different style. Are you sold that he is going to be the guy for the next three, four years at least? Or would you entertain him maybe having a, a same sort of year he had last year and then maybe looking for something next offseason? Are you, are you content with him being the guy for the next three, four years, doing everything that way? Yeah, well, I, I, I certainly hope so. I think he I think he has a lot of potential. I, I really do think he is that guy, but it just depends on whether or not he's going to have the pieces around him to succeed. And that's a big question right now. So I, I do think he's a guy. I think he's a franchise quarterback. Um, I'm hoping he takes that next step. We'll just have to wait and see if uh, if the Bears get enough this offseason to get him to, to do that uh, next season. Were you happy when they drafted him? Oh yeah, I was I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, he fell a lot further than a lot of people thought he would. Now, yeah, he did. It, it was. A, uh, go ahead. I have a question for you because we were talking about this maybe being a rebuild year for the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, for a team that hasn't won a playoff game since 2010, obviously super historic franchise. Uh, Mike Ditko, baby. Yeah, super historic franchise. They've they've been around a very long time. Um, as a fan of the Chicago Bears, you know, when when do you think that they will get back to you know that historic greatness that they had back in the day, or do you think they'll get back to that? I think it depends on, all on Justin Fields if you can be that franchise quarterback. I mean, we're the only franchise who's never had a 4,000-yard passer, and we're, like, the oldest team. So uh-huh. right. <laughs> if we get a quarterback, man, I, I think we'd be in good shape. I, I think, obviously, it depends on him. It depends on if a, if our defense can get back to that elite level that we saw a couple of years ago. Um, I think that's going to take a lot of good coaching, which I'm hoping uh, Matt Eberflus can bring to this team. Mm-hmm. Um so as far as like a time frame, I, I hope it's soon, man. I really do. Um, but there's still like a lot of questions about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that answer because those old teams, those big bad Chicago Bears teams, were led by the defense. And nowadays, if you're led by your defense and you don't have a competent offense, you're missing the playoffs. So uh, yeah. I think it's going to have to be on the offensive side of the ball. I think Fields is good enough to do that. Hope he stays healthy, but um. But let me ask you one more question about the Bears, and then I think you have a panel of questions not about the Bears. 6-11 and 11 last year. We're looking ahead this year. Do you think they'll have a better or worse record than last season? And maybe rank the division after that. 
Okay, yeah, sure. I I think they're going to have a better record than last season, and people might consider me a homer for that. I really don't care. I, this whole, like, 0-17 stuff that I'm seeing is kind of ridiculous. Um, I, uh, You know, I, I think the reason because is, is our schedule is a lot easier this year. We had one of the tougher schedules last year. We had Matt Nagy, and uh, yeah. So I think <laughs> not having either of those things is going to help us. Do I think we win more, like way more than six games? No, but I think that we are a better team this year. Okay. And then uh, as far as the division goes, sorry. Um, I I think I'm going to pick Green Bay to win again. You know, I know that they lost Devontae Adams whatnot, but I think they're still the most talented team in the division. Unfortunately, with Aaron Rodgers there, I don't think they're going to lose it. Um, and then I think uh, Minnesota is probably second right now. As much as I hate to say it, um, I think that they're probably the second most talented team, and they have a, they have a, a pretty you know underrated quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Even yeah. though I slander him as much as I do, it's, <laughs> it's don't fun, get Zach but... started. <laughs> I plan Zach. Listen, man, we're talking we're talking Chicago Bears right now. <laughs> the best team Chicago Bears. Bears. He's he, he's a good quarterback. He's Captain Kirk. All right. Yeah, you could do worse. A lot um, worse. Yeah. So I'd have, I'd probably put them at two right now. Although I could see another team taking that spot from them. And then at three, I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to pick the Bears. Until I see the Lions do better, I, I need to see it to believe it at this point. I think they're getting a lot of hype like they usually do. Um, you people know, always say every year that they have a good draft. It's like, yeah, because they pick in the top five every year. So they're <laughs> going to have a good draft. And you know where that uh, that hype is coming from around the uh, like what media sources the Lions hype is coming from, right? No, I don't. It's coming from right here because they're a dark horse to make the playoffs. Lock it in. <laughs> okay, lock okay. it in. Wow, purely yeah, football. Is not that. Yeah, we do not endorse that take. That's... All right, Zach. I know you got one last question. What do you got for him? Yeah. So. From a, a team that, I mean, a fan of a team that finished under 500 last year, you know, uh, my team also finished under 500. You may have heard of us. We got the number one pick in the draft with Jacksonville Jaguars. Clown noses and all. Uh, how many wins you got the Jaguars getting this year? Oh, wow, the Jaguars. Um, yeah, you didn't think you were going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight, did you? Purely <laughs> <Really> football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I can see, I can see five to six wins. There you go. The I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, they won four games last year, didn't they? They won three with uh, Urban Meyer as their head coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see them doing better than that. <laughs> I don't think they'll be the number one pick this year. I don't see it. I'm down with that. Trevor, I know you got one last question. I do. Um, could you say it's the year of the beer for us? Oh, yeah. It's definitely the year of the beer. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Carrie, you got anything left for him? Or... Uh, you, anything you want to plug? Your Twitter? Anything before we head out? Yeah. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter at Shilorado. Um You can follow my podcast I do with my buddy at North Sports underscore pod. North Sports podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Thanks for coming on. Good luck. Yeah, we appreciate you having on, talking about the Bears a little bit. 
I can't tell you the last time I talked about the Chicago Bears. I live in Tampa, Florida. But... Probably the only time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, man. You too. All right. We finished talking about the Bears. We're now talking on the other bottom team in the division, I guess. Detroit Lions. We got Malcolm from the, the Pride podcast, the Detroit Lions podcast, to talk Lions. How are you doing? We got Malcolm here ready to talk Lions football. He's from the Pride podcast, the Detroit Lions podcast. How are you doing tonight, Malcolm? I'm doing great, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah man. All right. Good. Here. Hey, man. I'm glad, glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Before we get into the, the grilling of the panel, something we were just talking about with our Chicago Bears guest, I said a dark horse. They don't even know I'm about to say this. I could be saying anything right now. But um, a dark horse playoff team, I have the Detroit Lions next year. What do you think about that? Woo, let's go, man. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm not going to get my hopes up too much. Okay. Um, I've been I've been I've been down this road way too many times. <laughs> yeah. Um but I'll say this man, these things are starting to look very different in Detroit, man. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. They could win nine games. That's they could get a, a wild card. My Listen, team. man, I've been telling you guys since last year. It's Motor City Dan Campbell gonna bite your kneecaps off. He's gonna cause problems. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's Motor City Dan it's, Campbell. It's, it's, Motor City Dan Campbell, man. There you go. Kneecaps, man. Yeah, man. Bite the kneecaps, kneecaps off. Here's my, <laughs> here's my first big question for you. So it seems Lions are either in – Lions fans are in either one camp. Stick with Jared Goff for a bit, see how he does, or kind of, you know, tank a bit this season, draft QB next year. Which camp are you kind of sitting in right now? You're talking about me in general? So as far as me, I, I'm actually, I actually have some faith in Jared Goff, man. And I'm not going to – just to be honest with you, it didn't look good in the beginning of the season. The, the first, I'll say, 75% of the season, it looked terrible. And a lot of it was because of Anthony Lynn. He was our offensive coordinator. He was our play caller. And things were just going bad. I mean, he made Jared Goff and the whole offense like look very, very bad. The moment they shift play calling to Dan Campbell and they had Ben Johnson, who's currently our offensive coordinator now, um, they had Ben Johnson help Dan Campbell to play calling. Jared Goff looked very, very good. If you look at the last five games, I mean, his, his numbers were, were phenomenal. And then we actually had an emergency receiver. We had a Mon Ross Brown um, come at that time as well. So with Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell calling plays and, and you know, putting most of the, their, their efforts on the offense, I think Jared Goff has a chance to be successful um, next season. Okay. I love Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell is a, a gator. So I, I love Dan Campbell. Great hire. Great guy to have on your staff. Yeah, um, he is. Pretty likable guy. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I've been a Lions fan for a very, very, very long time. And I would say this is the best staff I've ever, I've ever seen the Lions put together. You know, we have um, Aaron Glenn as our defensive coordinator, who's been phenomenal, um, taking guys with no names, undrafted free agents, and have them starting and playing at a, you know, at a good level. Yeah, Especially those running backs. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then going to the offensive side of the ball, I mean, Ben Johnson, when he came, when he started taking over the offense, he had those running backs, Craig Reynolds, come out of nowhere. Guys, is, you know, not expected to play well, just come out and it contribute in a very positive way. So I think this this coaching staff has a, a positive effect on the, on that locker room. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, Lions for years, I forget, it was either – they didn't have a 100-yard rusher in a game or a 1,000-yard rusher in a season. They had this, like, long streak, you know, like the Theo Riddick errors. 
It's only about all these good backs now. Yeah, we have a lot of guys that could run the ball, and I like the way they're doing it right now. They're not forcing a guy to say, okay, we need you to have 30, 40 carries a game. Like, we don't have, like, a Derrick Henry. You don't have the, we don't have a, a back like that to get that type of carries. But, you know, I mean, you can split those carries up, and we have a good amount of guys that can do it. Mm-hmm. Some fresh legs, yeah. As long as yeah. they hang on to the ball, fall forward, that's all you really need. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a strength of the team. Uh, but uh, looking ahead into this next season, what would you say some of the other strengths are besides that running back court? Which I just real I just found out today. It's running back corp and like wide receiver corp, not core. <laughs> corp, yeah. Corp. A lot of people, yeah, the, the wide receiver corp, yeah. I mean, a big strength of this team, if you look at, I mean, even going from last year, last year we we couldn't keep those guys healthy, but I would say it was our, it's our offensive line. Um, the, the offensive line is our strength of this team because with the offensive line, if they're if they're playing at a top level, you know, they're, they're the ones who are going to open up the lanes for the running backs. They're going to keep Jared Goff upright. And it's going to give Jared Goff time to, you know, make plays and find those new receivers that we have this year. So I think the strength of this team is going to be the strength that we had last year, which is our offensive line. Good. Yeah, it's a great way to lead your team offensive line and running game. Yeah. Especially with Jared Goff, who's an underrated quarterback. We will, you'll, you will not hear Jared Goff slander on this podcast. And if you do, it's stopped right away. Well. I mean, I mean, it, you know what? His his criticism is is, is is fair. I mean, I'm not going to just say Jared Goff is he's the future. He's the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land. I mean, I think Jared Goff has the tools to, you know, when things, are, bad, yeah, you know? When, when things are going well, I think he can take you to a playoff. He could do something that the Lions haven't done since 1991 and win the freaking playoff game. So I think I think it's positive. So, I'm, I mean, I think Jared Goff can get it done. Here's my really close comparison Ryan Tannehill. Does anyone see that? If you put Goff in the Titan system, actually, I think I, I, I actually, as much as I hate on Jared Goff, I think he's better than Ryan Tannehill. So there you really, go. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody said that because um last year when I brought that up, everybody laughed at me. I don't I, think I, that Ryan Tannehill is not that guy. I, I was not. telling people. I was telling people that last year. I said you take out Derrick Henry, you move Derrick Henry from that offense. Ryan Tannehill is very, very average. The thing is, guys, I live in you know I'm a Detroit Lions fan. You know, love lines, but I live in Miami. So I watched Channel all of, you know, when he was in the Dolphins, I, I watched this. And yeah. he just to me, he's just really, really, really average. And he what it what elevated his game was having Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry opens up everything for that offense. You know, yeah, absolutely. when you're playing against when you're playing against that team, you're loading the box, the receivers are now seeing one on one coverage. It's just much, much easier when you have a guy who's yeah. like a threat at running back. Now you you mentioned that the since since night since January fifth, nineteen ninety two, the Lions haven't won a playoff game. Do you think, or how far do you think this Detroit Lions game, uh, this Detroit Lions team, is on, from getting back to the playoff win circle? Because they they've been to the playoffs several times since then, but they haven't won. How far do you think this Lions team is away from that? Yeah. So, I mean, realistic expectations. If you talk to like diehard fans, like the ones who like really follow the team, they're going to say next year. There's the next year where the expectation is to get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. Now, me personally, do I, would I be surprised? I mean, with our schedule being so soft and, you know, I, I really love Jameson Williams. So I think when he comes back, I think this offense is going to be at another level. But would I be shocked if they actually do it next year? I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, that's not my expectations for this team. You know, I'm looking at, you know, anywhere, you know, if they get anywhere between seven, I'll say seven to nine wins, okay. I'll be happy. I'll be happy with this team. I mean, but, that, um, that receiving core is very good. 
Corp. Very, very Same Corp. Same Brown. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this right now. Hold on. Pause. Pause. It is pronounced Corp. It is spelled Corp. Whatever you said, but that's the Marine Corps is spelled the same way. Okay, Marine for corporate office. Sure. What? But that is a very good trio. <laughs> it is. Same Brown. Same Brown. He looked like one of the like he was looking like Waddle and Chase last year in that second in the second half. He was a beast. Mm-hmm. Like, you put him with Joe Burrow. Yeah. He's gonna be huge this year. Yeah, I mean, and you're saying second half. That, that's that's giving it. That's being that's being generous. He actually came alive the last five games of the season. Yeah, that's where most the bulk of his yards. It, it was really when, because we in the beginning of the season we had Anthony Lynn as our play caller and things were just terrible. Um, Dan Campbell came and took over, and the first like the first I say couple games, it was bad with just Dan Campbell because Dan Campbell was just like all right, we're just gonna run the ball. Doesn't matter whether it's third and third and, tw- and third and ten, we're just gonna run the ball. Yeah. Um, when Ben Johnson, who's our current OC now, he came in to help Dan Campbell with the play calling. That's when everything opened up for Amal Rossi Brown. So yeah, Amal Rossi Brown, he, he showed flashes. Like he played everywhere and they did a good job of moving him around. Like he had some snaps as running back. Like he had a Debo Samuels role with our team. He mm-hmm. he was getting snaps and running back. Shit. I even seen him at tight end a couple times. Like he was all over the field. They moved him all around. And he's a playmaker. Yeah. He's a he's a, he's a playmaker, and he makes guys miss um, off that first that first contact. So yeah, he's very. I can see him having a really big year next year. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, we we talked about some of their strengths, but looking into this next year, what would you say some of their weaknesses are? Weaknesses. Uh man, I'm not gonna just. I'm gonna take my fan goggles off. I'm, I'm gonna say that I'll say our linebacking core right now is our, our weakness as far as a unit. Now, can a, can some of these guys have a breakout year? I don't know. You know, it's possible. Like we drafted a guy who is probably my one of my favorite picks in the draft. We drafted him late, and I think that he may be one of those guys that's gonna come in and be phenomenal. I'm, and the guy I'm talking about, I'm talking about Malcolm Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, I love him as a as a as a college player. Uh, he's very underrated, and he's just a he's just an athletic freak. And I think that once he gets a hang of everything, he could be our starter um, in the middle linebacking middle linebacker next year. And I think that's when things will, will turn for the better for that unit. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, you talked a little bit about the draft picks right there. Uh, a couple of teams you like. Are you happy with the draft picks? And how did it feel getting Aiden? Were you surprised you were able to land him, or what was what was going through your mind draft night? This was. I'll, I'll say that this was was one of the weirdest drafts I've ever yes, seen in my life. It really yeah, was. One of the weirdest crazy. drafts. I mean, <laughs> especially when you're like. You're, you're, you're um you're pretty much following it and you're you're doing all your mocks and it's like every week there's a new guy projected to go one it's like yeah where did this guy come from like Trayvon Walker we, we had no idea where he came from he just out I of was, nowhere <laughs> I was watching yeah. the draft live uh on another podcast and uh it was crazy I mean we that's what we kept saying this draft is insane like everything yeah. that's happening is crazy you yeah, went on it, another podcast. Yeah. Huh. Slightly off sides. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, continue. So, so, so yeah, 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 no problem. Um, so, yeah, it was just very, very weird. So, it was the last, I'll say the week up, the week before the draft. That's when we got 
you know, notice that, you know, Trayvon Walker is going to probably go number one. And we had a really big shot of getting Aiden Hutchinson. Now, our pod was split between either Aiden Hutchinson or um, I'm forgetting the other guy's name already. Um, the guy that went to the Giants, Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau, yes. So we had, like, it's three of us on the pod. We had some guys wanted Kayvon Thibodeau, some guys wanted Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but we, we wasn't, I mean, they wasn't, you know, disappointed in any way. They was like they didn't care who they got. They, like, they just had a little preference on who they wanted. So, I mean, us landing Aiden was great. Okay? I mean, because when you look at it, production-wise, he had the far better production than all the other edges yeah. coming out um, this season. So he was, you know, some could say he was the best defensive player on the board um, in the draft. So we came out with him. So that was a pretty big positive, especially for the Detroit Lions, a team that, <laughs> I mean, for the past, I mean, years, couldn't yeah. get pressure on the quarterback. It's been really bad on the the Detroit line putting pressure on the quarterback. So now we finally got a guy that, you know, he's going to command a double team. So he got may it. open things yeah. up for the other guys on the defensive line. So that's that's just very positive, just getting Aiden as a Detroit line. And, and right, keep it, staying, on, staying on the Aiden pick, I, I was – as a, I'm a Jags fan, first off. So when they drafted – Ouch. When they drafted when they drafted Trayvon Walker instead of Aiden Hutchinson, I was so pissed, <laughs> so did, did bad. You, did, did you see that coming, or did did you really think that? I, I saw it coming, but at the same time, I was like, I saw the rumors that like, okay, they're looking away from Aiden Hutchinson. They're probably going to take Trayvon Walker, and I was like, please tell me that's just rumor and hearsay. I don't want to hear this. Because Aiden yeah. Hutchinson, in my opinion, is like just he's so he's so refined as a pass rusher coming out of college that the I just don't guy. I just don't understand how how you go with Trayvon Walker, who, in my opinion and in the opinion of of a lot of people, he wasn't even the best player on that defense for Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was just it was strange to me how I he mean, went up the board not... that fast. Yeah, it, it is very shocking. I mean, me personally, when I was hearing originally before the Jacksonville Jaguars were talking about getting him, I was hearing that Detroit Lions might get Trayvon Walker. So I was trying to figure out like, like where where is he coming from? Like, yeah. <laughs> where did all this hype come from? Because he didn't like it. It all happened like after the, they um they won the national championship. Just after that, it's yeah. like oh he's number, he's going number one overall. Like what? yeah, it was just I mean, weird. So yeah, and then and look at his production that he did. But a lot of a lot of analysts, like a lot of guys who we had had on our podcast, they were saying that he was the better pick. I mean, he's an athletic freak. He's still a little raw. He's not as again not as refined as Aiden Hutchinson in his in his pass rushing ability. But he's a guy that if he can get to that next level, he can you know rush the passer, drop back into coverage. He can do it all. But he's got to work on a, a lot of stuff to be able to get to that level. And he is more athletic than Hutchinson. But at the same time, sometimes those guys don't develop. So to me, it was just like, I mean, that's taking a chance. It's trying to hit a home run ball, bottom of yeah. the ninth. I guess, I guess they're. I guess they figure that you know a guy that size, and that that his, his athletic ability doesn't yeah. come around too often. That's true. I think he, I think he was like what six five two seventy. He's a big. I mean, dude. it was just, it's something 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 crazy like that. Um, but what I think what separates them them two together. I think it's Aiden Hutchinson's motor. Yeah, like you, you watch him on film, and he's, he's giving it like he's giving it like a hundred and ninety percent every single play. It's crazy. And that's what that's that's what I loved about him is that he's just gonna keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And I think that was a perfect Dan Campbell pick. 
Yeah. What? What? Nothing. Um, you got distracted by something. Sorry. Um, three thirteen and one last year. What do you think the record is going to be this year? Obviously, you think it's going to be better, but um, a little. You said you'd be happy with seven, eight, nine games. Realistically, taking off the fan goggles, do you see him reaching that? And then, how would you rank the division one to four? All right. So, yeah, I definitely do see them doing that this year. I mean, if you look at the schedule, it's very, very soft schedule. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they don't like sweep the the later half of the season, Mm. just because of the the people who they the, the teams they play now. It is too early to look in, at as far as the schedule because those teams who were bad last year could be better. Um, teams that are good could be bad. You, you never know. But just judging by the strength of the schedule and what they added to this team, I think it's very possible. And I think I think the the key to everything as far as this team is, well, staying healthy. I think that's the main key is staying as healthy as possible. Yeah. And this coaching this coaching staff. I think this coaching staff is going to get the best out of these guys. And it's gonna ele- elevate their games. So those guys who like uh, Aiden Hutchinson, he I think he's gonna be a stud. You know, with with this coaching staff, what they're gonna be able to bring in. And we're getting a lot of guys back who were banged up. Jeff Okuda. I mean, I know a lot of people are not high on Jeff Okuda. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. But I know a lot of people are not high on Jeff Okuda because he had a very rough start. And I, yes, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want the pick. I didn't, I didn't want the pick. And the reason why I didn't want the pick, not because of him. Okay, it wasn't because of Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda, I think, is a, a, a really good player in the right scheme. But when we drafted him, we had a guy I call Pencilhead, which is Matt Patricia, the guy who keeps a pencil in his ear. Pretty sure you guys know who he is. Um, he, was, <laughs> he was our head coach. And the, Matt Patricia, he was a very stubborn defensive play caller. What I mean by that is he only ran one play. He ran cover one. He had these guys play man coverage every single down. Every down, didn't care what it was. Mm-hmm. Every down, you're playing man coverage. Now, I played I play corner. I played corner in high school. Some semi pro, I played corner. It doesn't work if you don't have a pass rush. Yeah, you can't cover. You can't cover guys forever. So yeah. I knew, I knew that we didn't have a pass rush. So drafting Jeff Okuda was going to be really a, irrelevant until we fix our front four. So that's why Jeff Okuda had a really rough rookie year, second year because shit, he didn't have a pass rush. But this year, I think, you know, he's coming back. He, I mean, he's training right now. You watch his videos. He looks like he's back in, in shape right now. I think we're actually going to have a pass rush this year. I'm really hoping I'm crossing my fingers that this is finally the year we have a pass rush. And if that happens, I think Jeff Kudu could have a really good year. Mm. Yeah, with the missing time, it's almost like uh, getting another draft pick a little bit coming into this year. Yeah, yeah it is. Zach. Uh, we got to put you through a little bit of bullying. We have to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars for about a minute. Zach has a question. He likes to put all, put all of our guests through. So uh, take that away, Daddy. So, so, you know, your team had the second pick. My team had the first pick in the draft. Uh, how many wins do you think the Jags get this year? The Jacksonville Jags. The Jacksonville I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I haven't looked at your schedule, man. So I don't know who you guys play. I know you guys play. You know your division. Colts, tight. The the Texans, Titans. Am I missing somebody? Colts, Houston, Texans, Houston. Okay. How good? I, I, I think. I think. I mean, their expectations could be similar where we're at. I mean, it all depends on where Trevor Lawrence. His, how his progress is. 
Mm-hmm. You know, can he can he take his his game to another level? I mean, they have a lot of our guys on. Marvin Jones is still there. Who was? I mean, I'm a big fan of Marvin Jones. Um, I think they could be. I think they could be a solid team. I mean, I'm, I I put them in in our boat. Like six, maybe six wins. Okay, I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad. Fair, to me, fair. their schedule looks pretty easy, honestly. Especially I, I to start. Yeah, I haven't seen your schedule, so I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah, People so. will come on this podcast, and they will come, and they will come, and they will come, and they will <laughs> lie to Zach, and they will say, "Oh, nine wins." I don't think anyone. To be fair, I, I don't think anyone said nine wins. I think somebody nine. said I could see him winning nine games. I don't know. Nine, they said the Jackson this year win nine games. Yeah, suck up to him. Wow. I don't know why. Why would no one would ever suck up to me? I'm just some guy. Why. I'm just some guy talking into a microphone. Drinking beer, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I, I mean, without looking at your schedule, I could see six. <laughs> oh my bad. I, I could see six wins, but I mean, it all depends who they play. I mean, they have a tough schedule. Maybe it could be less than that. I don't know. I mean, they got a couple tough games, but I mean, for the most, I, I, I'm looking, I'm looking at their schedule right now, and I'm seeing at least five. Okay, I mean, there you go. I mean, you have five games that are winnable games. Yeah, and then we'll probably sneak one from some good team like we did there last you, year with, like, Buffalo. There so There you go. So, so it's about six. So, uh, yeah, it could be right around there. Yeah. My my last question, question for you, you're now relieved about uh, thinking about the Jacksonville Jaguars for the rest of your life. <laughs> but uh, my last question for you is, can you say it's the year of the beer? You just want me to say it's the year of the beer? Yeah, yeah, but say it comment like you mean it, like you love it. It's the year of the beer. That's Excellent. what I wanted to hear. That's good. That's Gary, good you got one more for him. <laughs> right. You got anything you want to plug? I know you're on a Lions podcast. Anything you want to plug? Leaps or anything? Yeah, sure. I mean, if there's any Detroit Lions fans that are tuning in, I mean, I have my podcast with my two guys, Tyler and Pierre. Um, it's a really cool podcast. It's just three guys. Um, the other two guys who I have, Tyler and Pierre, they are super knowledgeable about the team and the NFL in general. I'm just a cool laid-back guy that's like, uh, maybe this is not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, um, the name of the podcast is The Pride Podcast, a Detroit Lions podcast. You can find us anywhere, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And um, on Twitter, if you want to follow us on Twitter, um, it's at Pride Podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Mr. Hart underscore underscore underscore. Yep. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, like I Good said, luck playoff playoff team, Dark Horse playoff team, Detroit Lions. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> go Lions. Yep. All right. Am I a closet Lions fan? Am you I? might be, actually. You are a Jared Goff fan, so it's close enough. All right. We've done here. We've done Lions. It's time to talk some Vikings. We I'm a closet Kirk Vikings Kirk. fan. I love the Vikings. I love their goal. We were being too loud. How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm well. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing excellent. Are, we're, are, we're you here. Happy, are you happy with Kirk Cousins? That's my first question. I'm, uh, no. No. What? <laughs> what? He, he's better than most, but he's not... He's not a top ten quarterback. He just... Blasphemous! 
That's blasphemous! Uh, Disregard him. He's the biggest Kirk Cousins fan of all time. (laughs) That's... I would kill... I would literally kill children to have Kirk Cousins come on to the Jaguars right now. That's (laughs) a good one. (laughs) Zach. (laughs) The Jaguars are terrible. Yeah, welcome to the Barely Football Podcast. Jesus. (laughs) Um... Not top ten. I respect that. I think he's around like, right. 14, 15. If he's not yeah. top ten, I think it's you know the receivers around him, like Jefferson, Thielen, those guys are kind of making him look like a top ten guy, I guess, around there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he's just not. I mean, Jefferson and Thielen catch things that are that most receivers don't catch, and they just make him look better. I, I don't. I think if you stick him with like a, uh, you know, with the Browns or with. Uh, but the Jaguars, he would look like a 20th ranked quarterback. I just think he's uh, he's better because of the players around him. Oh, and uh, it was in Washington, he was just the guy. Yeah, he was. Oh he was my ugly. gosh! Those ugly ass um, redacted uniforms. But uh, yeah, looking ahead <laughs> next year, obviously you talked about that receiving court a little bit. What would you say are some other strengths about this team that you're looking forward to this next year? I think the biggest strengths are the skill positions. I mean, you have Dalvin Cook, who's a, a top five running back. You have the wide receiver core with Elon and Jefferson. That's uh, awesome. Um, and, and then, then you kind of look at, um, you know, I think the edge rushing is going to be good this year. If Daniel Hunter is ready and Darius Smith is good to go, I think edge rushing could be a strength, which it wasn't last year because Hunter wasn't there and Darius Smith was on the Packers. Um, and then looking at the safety position with uh, with Seen, the number one the first round draft pick. And Harrison Smith, just the uh, the all pro safety he is. I mean, I, I think that could be a strength, which was uh, a weakness last year. Um, so you know, I really think the skill positions are huge, and then kind of that that D line and uh, or edge rushing really, and 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 uh, secondary could be strong. Right. I uh, I'm a a medium Baltimore Ravens fan, and I was really excited to see Zadarius Smith go there, and then immediately turn around and then I was sad and I saw him go to the Vikings. So that's a, that's a great pickup. I think that's going to be pairing him with Danelle Hunter, who if he can follow up that season he had, was it two years ago, three years ago, where he had, I don't know how many sacks, but it might have been his rookie year, but yeah, he was excellent. No, it wasn't about three years ago. He had a peak season and then the last couple of years he's been in and out with injuries. Mm-hmm. Was he sitting out at the beginning of the COVID year without an injury? Uh... <laughs> So supposedly he had a uh, an injury. Um, I don't know. The theory was he won a new contract, and he, you know he had a, a minor kind of injury that that kept him out the year because he didn't really feel like coming back because he felt like in faith. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I've never heard that. You know, never been on any Vikings insider calls, but that's a it's an interesting way of looking at it. What would yeah, you? I mean- uh... What's you up? never really know. I think you never really know with those guys if they, you know, you know, if it's, it's it's truly an injury. But I think the feeling was he could have came back uh, two years ago, that COVID year, and um, he just didn't because uh, he wasn't happy with his contracts. He was still on his rookie deal and just wanted more money. Uh, and last year he picked up an injury and missed uh, you know, the bulk of the year. But um, I mean, he's still super young in his mid twenties, and uh, I mean, he's an elite pass rusher when he's healthy. No, he really is, yeah. And uh, those are some great strengths, great additions. I, wait, I have I have an outrageous question for you. You're yeah. probably going to be disappointed in me asking this. I've been too afraid to post this on Twitter. 
If you look at Randy Moss and Justin Jefferson's numbers, first two seasons, they're not too far off. Obviously, we're not saying Justin Jefferson's Randy Moss. Do you think he's going to have that type of career, though? He has that potential. I mean, Randy Moss just changed changed the game. I mean, when he was on the field, he had to pay attention to him. I mean, it's just there's nobody I've ever seen compared to Randy Moss. Um, to me, he's the greatest receiver ever. Um, not the greatest career ever, but I think he was the greatest. Peak Randy Moss is better than anybody on the peak. Um, I think Justin Jefferson has that potential. Um, I mean, his rookie year was actually slightly better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but he's, I mean, he's more yards than receptions, I think. It's just yeah. TDs that Moss has. He gets so many receptions. He can suck in balls. He can't. <laughs> his hands are unbelievable. It's underrated. I mean, he's a great route runner. He really is. He really a, is. He's, he's quick. He's fast. He's a great route runner. And he'll catch balls that shouldn't be caught. I mean, he's just right. superb. I mean, he's, I mean, the best receiver I've seen in a long time in, in purple. But uh, you know, I, I just can't compare him to Randy Moss right now. But uh, I think he could get there. If you took off the fan sunglasses or tried to as much as you could and looked at it from a third party, would you take Justin Jefferson every time over Jamar Chase? I would. Oh, bye. I, I can't. I can't say no. I, I mean, I mean, they're both fantastic. I mean, you can't go wrong either way. But um, I just think he uh, he gets. I mean, he's been the number one receiver full. I mean, all of last year for for the Vikings and gets so much attention and still produces. It's it's very close between us two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, flip a coin, it's close. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the. Yeah, additions and uh, Zadarius Smith and those other names you brought up. Would you say they had a successful offseason, and what would you grade their offseason? Uh, I would say they had a, a very productive offseason. I wouldn't say it's perfect. Um, you know, I, I think they could make it better. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think Quasi, uh, Adolfo uh, Mensa came in, and I think the new GM, and I think he addressed the biggest weakness, which was a secondary last year. There was a weakness at cornerback, and he spent two uh, two picks in the first four rounds on quarterback. Then also picked up a safety. Uh, he, he addressed that, and and I think and the defense was clearly a weakness last year. And I think he's successful in addressing the weakness in defense. Um, but you know, I think the O line is still lacking, and and the biggest question out there, I think, for probably seven or eight teams is J.C. Shredder, the center, uh, is still sitting out there. And I think if they pick him up. That could that could come a, a huge way in addressing the biggest weakness on this team, which is the offensive line. The middle of the offensive line is just horrendous. I mean, the team have an issue in the line for years. It's yeah, just... they, when you think about battle lines, you think about the Giants, and then or not even battle lines, just battle lines that like haven't gotten any better. I think about the Giants, and I think about the Vikings. You know what's crazy? Kirk Cousins still throwing thirty three touchdowns behind a battle line. That's just insane. Oh, that's one of the best players in the NFL, Zach. Oh, 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions by a terrible line. Who else could do that? Oh, I don't even know. That's crazy. Probably he is, he's a fantasy football legend, Kirk Cousins. I mean, he, he just is. produces numbers, but he just doesn't win. I, I don't. He just doesn't come through when you need him. He's not inspiring. He's not a leader of the oh team. He is not inspiring in the least. When he said he you is. like that, I, I didn't move. It's milk toast. I mean, he's just a milk toast guy. I mean, he, it's just personally impressive. Um, 
Here, wait, quick question. Another one. Who do you think is the best Vikings QB all time? Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> it's hard because you've had you've had seasons like Brett Favre, you know, in, in two thousand nine. At the beginning, he was terrible, but at the, towards the end of the year, he's he's he played uh, Vikings quarterback I've ever seen. And then you have Dante Culpepper, who was the MVP candidate, who had a year or two there that he got injured. Um, I mean, Fran Tarkinen's the answer that we'll give because he had a long career. I mean, he went to the Giants a couple of times. He took them to Super Bowls. I mean, he has the best career out of all the Vikings. But to me, I'd take Pete Culpepper or Pete Favre. I mean, I mean, 40-year-old Favre um, over a Fran Tarkinen any day. I mean, that's... Cousins is up there in the discussion yet or no? Like, in that... Four or five guys all time. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe put him fourth behind those guys. That's fair. I mean, you have, oh, well, you even have like a, a season with Brad Johnson and, and I mean, just Randall Cunningham, and then those guys back in the late nineties. I mean, the ninety-eight Vikings, the two thousand Vikings were were superb. So I mean, there's there's seasons of Vikings quarterbacks. The franchise hasn't had a consistent quarterback since Fran Tarkenton, and now with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So you know, career wise. I'm gonna lose yeah. my mind. I'm gonna lose my mind. Good, lost your mind Case, back. Case Keenum season was great too. Oh yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Keenum, wait, well, how how excited were you on that play? <laughs> what did you say? How excited yeah. were you on the Minneapolis Miracle play? <laughs> I I don't think as a as a, a full grown adult, I don't think I've ever screamed that loud in my life. I mean, I borderline tears when that happened, and then. The the utter disappointment that was a week later playing a uh, backup quarterback at Philly, you know, at home against or in Philly uh, to, to have that at home Super Bowl was just crushing. So I mean that's typical Vikings though, but um, yeah, no that that play is probably my probably my favorite um, all time uh, since I've been watching. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, we talked a little bit about their off season. Um, do you think they had a successful off season so far? Yeah, I mean it's it's been better, you know, better than than better offseason than I think we've seen in a long time. Um, you know, they addressed the biggest weakness in secondary. The I mean, other than the offensive line, I think they addressed what they needed to address. Um, you know, a, a pickup, like I said, I think before with JC Treader would would make this a, a just a bashing success and, and a huge year. Um, but overall, I think it's 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 better than most offseasons we've seen. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with those draft picks you were talking about? I'm happy with the draft picks. I'm not happy with the trade they did with Detroit. Uh, round one, they moved down, I mean, from, you know, uh, picking the teens all the way down to 32 and got very little in return. Um, you know, I think they got they got, they got got worked over by Detroit. And then, um, you know, but other than that, uh, you can't complain. I mean, Lewis, uh, Lewis seen from, you know, the safety is their first-round pick is, is awesome. I think he's a, a pick that should have gone – 10 picks earlier than he did. Um, Andrew Booth is a cornerback that was talked about in, in round one and early round two, and they got him at 42. I, you know, I think they did great in the picks they made themselves, but I think the trade was bad. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair to think. They um, finished out last year 8-9, and nine, obviously a little disappointing. There was some hype headed into the season, especially after Justin Jefferson's breakout year. But do you think they'll have a better or a worse record than their eight and nine finish last year. I, I would, in my mind, I think eight and nine is like the worst case scenario. I mean, outside of like Kirk Cousins going down, I mean, then they could they can win two games. But um, you know, it, I think eight and nine is like if Kirk Cousins is healthy and, and their main core is healthy, eight and nine is probably a floor for this team. 
you know, I, I think ideally, you know, if things go well, he might get 12 wins. I mean, 12 and five is, is I mean, it's not going to earth shattering. It's not going to set the world on fire, but you know, I think they can compete for the division. If things go well, I mean, you still have a first year coach and GM. I mean, they're implementing a three, four from a, you know, with, you know, a four, three for the last I mean, few decades. So I mean, there, there's a lot of changes going on. So I, you can't expect, you know, a, a first seed or anything like that in the NFC, but I, I think they could compete for the division. Mm-hmm. No more Devontae Adams, though. You should be pretty happy about that. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I especially like that he wanted out. And rumors had it that the Green Bay Packers offered the same contract he got from Vegas, and he turned it down and went to Vegas. So mm-hmm. That makes me happy. Uh, I think uh, That's because he's getting that car from Derek Carr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no taxes help in Vegas, too. That's true. Here's another question I got. Are you a fan of Kellen Mond, or do you think, you know, if Cousins isn't your favorite guy, they'll get somebody else after him? Or is Mond the, the guy to replace him? I I loved Kellen Mond when they drafted him. I mean, I just – I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a, I mean, he's a mid-round quarterback. You know, there's a reason he was a mid-round pick. He's not a, he's not a guy that's going to light the world on fire. But I think if he has, he's had a year under his belt now, and he's learned. And if, you know, if the Vikings are, are six and – there are no point four and ten, and they're out of it. I would love to see Kellen Mond play the last three games. I, I think he could develop into a quarterback that could be the future. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet the house on it. I don't, and I think it's probably less likely than, than more likely he is a legit quarterback. And um, you know, if they miss the playoffs again this year, I would hope the Vikings would draft a quarterback with their first round pick next year. That's crazy. They got so many other holes to fill. Zach is offended by that. Sadly, <laughs> that's just crazy. I mean, Kirk Cousins needs to produce, or he needs to uh, he needs to go. I mean, he's had plenty of time. Yeah, you know, a guy that's only played you know three years in an organization's got or four years in an organization's got eight game winning drives compared to the guys you said was better than fifteen for Dante Culpepper in how many years? Oh, that's seven. Okay. Are you comparing game winning drives right now? I mean, he's the guy that said that he doesn't perform when he needs to. He's got eight game winning drives. I don't know what you want yeah, from a guy. National games, but I, I want to see how many game losing drives Kirk Cousins has when he throws. Uh, he turns the ball over two or three times and uh, and four drives and loses the game middle of the game. Apparently, he hasn't yeah. done that that many times. He only threw seven picks last year to thirty three <laughs> touchdowns. Last year, I would say he protected the ball last year, but he wasn't aggressive enough. Even for Mike Zimmer, who is a defensive coach, was asking him to be more aggressive. He was not giving the ball enough downfield, and he was just too careful with the ball. Um, He's a weenie. Yeah, I mean, oh he's just—he's just not—he's not a leader. He's not going to go out there and win the game for you. I just don't—I don't see it. Do you if, think if Kirk Cousins I, gave me a motivational speech, I would go take a nap? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think without Mike Zimmer will help him or hurt him? Oh, I think uh, I think uh, I think this year he's going to have no excuses. I think Mike Zimmer is uh, very poor uh, coach. Um, you know he. I mean, he's a, a coach from the 90s that thought 90s football was going to win. Um, he wanted to run the ball and, and then take a shot on play action. Um, you know, I, I, I think you can't be nothing but excited, you know, when you when you think of all the tools the Vikings have. And if if Kirk Cousins is ever going to put it together, I mean, now's the time. I mean, this season has to, I mean, it has to be it. I mean, you have the offensive-minded coach. You have the, the new exciting scheme that the Rams have been running that they're going to bring that, that made him successful in, in Washington. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah. I think Mike Zimmer did help hold him back, but I, I just, 
I have no faith he's going to take the next step forward. And where would you put Kirk Cousins in, like, your QB rankings heading next season? You know, you said not top 10, like, top 15, somewhere in that range? Yeah, I mean, not top 10. I mean, maybe he's 10 to 12, 13, somewhere in that range. I mean, I think he's – I mean, uh, you watched Matt Stafford win a Super Bowl. I think he's just as good as Matt Stafford. I mean, Matt Stafford threw the game-losing pick against San Francisco, but the guy dropped it. I mean, and so – you know, I think he's just as capable to do what Matt Stafford did. He wasn't—he uh, didn't set the world on fire in the playoffs. Um, you know, if, if the team steps up around him and his defense comes around, you know, we could, I mean, they, could, they could put it together. But, um, you know, that 10 to 12 range sounds about right to me. I mean, I think Kirk he's Cousins or Matt Ryan. That's oh, Kirk. <laughs> I mean, same, same guy maybe, but uh, I mean, now sure. these days I would go with Kirk Cousins. I mean, three years ago I'd go with Matt Ryan, but right now I'd probably go with Kirk. I mean, if you gave Kirk Cousins an elite defense, that's a pretty good team. He's not oh, going to yeah. turn the ball over. He's going to do it well, you know. He's got to get the right system. He's better uh, than a game manager. I'll give him that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's not Trent Dilfer. Like, he's not, you know, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. I mean, he's not that guy. He's better than him, but he's not, he's not, he's not I mean, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Pat Mahomes, obviously. But he's obviously not, I mean, I don't even think he's he's as good as uh, as some of the other quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I, just, I mean, I, I don't know. He just doesn't inspire me. I, mean, I don't think he inspires the team. Fair. I agree. Your quarterback needs to inspire you. <laughs> Brad Johnson, the inspiring guy, inspiring guy, Brad Johnson. I mean, Brad Johnson had Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Jake Reed and then a, a fantastic defensive line. Yeah. That's all you need. Just get Randy Moss on that offense, and then you'll be set. They already have him. They already have might, him. I think you might have him. In yeah. yeah, maybe. It's close. I, I don't hate that. Zach? Zach? I know you got yeah, I got I got one question for you. Okay, so um, as a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously not not the season we were looking for last year, but you know it's kind of we got we got what we paid for when we got uh, Urban Meyer as our head coach. Uh, how yeah. many wins do you think the Jaguars are going to get next year? Oh, that's a tough one. My my parents are actually season ticket holders to the uh, Jaguars. Okay, they're uh, they're two of the twelve season ticket holders they have. Sweet, uh, I'll be <laughs> checking on them. But uh, you know, I I think the Jaguars coming what, six wins, you know, six to eight wins. I I think you know, I like that. They have the quarterback. Um, they they had a horrible coach last year. Um, I I mean, Doug Peterson should be able to turn it around for them. I I think they have a. A solid young nucleus, but they just—I mean—they don't have anything that's going to compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, well, and and so I, I mean, I would take Kirk Cousins over Blake Bortles, and he almost went to a Super Bowl too. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, Blake Bortles sucked. I mean, he had the Patriots on the ropes with Tom Brady. I mean, that was that was pretty impressive. No Blake Bortles slander tonight. Come on, no, I'll Blake. <laughs> I'll slander Blake Bortles any chance I get. That guy's a nerd. You think Sir? Kirk Cousins is uninspiring? Blake Bortles motivational speech, dude. It would motivate me to hit. It's him. better. It's Blake better Bortles than a Jameis like... Winston motivational. No, nah, Jameis Winston. We're gonna eat that W. We're gonna eat that W. Jameis Winston is would give me hype. Trevor, you got a question? Yeah. What'd you say? You got a question? What is it? Do you not know your one simple question? Oh my my my! Oh yeah. Can you say it's the year of the beer? It's the year of the beer. I like it. 
I like every it. year. Here, you got anything there we you go. want to plug or promote before we head out tonight? No, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a writer for uh, Daily Norseman and uh, Purple PSD. Uh, you can catch me on there, and I'm on Twitter at George uh, G A underscore Skull. But uh, other than that, uh, no, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Skull, baby. Oh. Yeah, thank you, man. It's been fun, Skull. Thank you. We appreciate well, having you on. Yeah, nice, nice talk to you. Hopefully, hey, Kirk doesn't lose you wrong this year. Hey, I hope so. I've been begging for that for four years now, and I hope the fifth year is uh, the one that proves me wrong. Analyst Patrick. Wait, Andy's before we move on, before we move on, I gotta say on. some shit. I gotta say some shit about Kirk Cousins because that was just downright disrespectful. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna take it. I'm not gonna take it. I'm not gonna take it. I didn't want to. I did not want to put this guy on the spot. But if I asked him to name for him to name me twelve or even ten quarterbacks better than Kirk Cousins, I guarantee you he could I not could do, do it. Come on, I need to do that. Name them. Do you want me to go right now? Yes, name them right now, Carrie. Brady Junior, the great. Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Derek Carr. Oh no, I'm lost already. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Sean Watson. We haven't seen Deshaun Watson in over a year. Better than Cousins. Come on. We don't know that. What if he comes back and has a 17-pick season, Kerry? I'm like too drunk to name quarterbacks. I don't know. I tried. Kerry's stuck at seven. Okay. Trevor, do you have any more? Do you have any more? Um, I would say Matt Stafford. I will say Russ. I will say Kyler. Oh, Kyler Murray? Kyler, Kyler, no second half Murray. Kyler. I will say Rain Dakota Prescott. I will say Lamar Jackson. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my fucking mind on this podcast because I cannot stand this absolute blasphemy. And if you talk to me in week four, I might say Tua Tagovailoa. No, 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 no. Get the fuck out of here. First off, Tua has not had a good season. He has never had a decent season. He is a bottom third of the league in terms of his production over the last two years of his career. I know, but that's why I said week four of this coming year. No, 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 no. I need to see more than four weeks of a quarterback to put him top ten. I'm putting the guy no, that... I already named ten guys. I already named ten guys. I'm talking about the guy that... Has only had one sub 4,000 yard passing season since 2015. All right? I'm talking to Kirk Cousins. Thank you very much. I'm talking about the guy who threw 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions last year to what you guys said was a bad bad offensive line and they had a bad secondary. All right? Stats nerd. He's not throwing to the offensive line. A guy that has not averaged below a 90 QBR since he took over as a starter? I I can't believe that you guys are saying that there are 10 quarterbacks in the league better than Kirk Cousins. It's just blasphemy. And honestly, I'm offended that you guys would say that. And I'm offended by the guy that's a Minnesota Vikings fan putting all these guys above him. When Kirk Cousins has had six fourth quarter comebacks in four years. He's had eight game winning drives in four years. When you look at the guys that he put above him, they played for 16 years. 12 years. 
Six years. All right? And they're barely beating him off on game-winning drives and fourth-quarter combats. I think that's ridiculous. Barely what? Barely beating him out in terms of numbers. In terms of total game-winning drives, in terms of total fourth-quarter comebacks, in 16, 12, 6. They're losing to him. They are losing to him. Brad Johnson, another guy he named, 12 years. He had seven fourth-quarter comebacks and 13 game-winning drives. Kirk Cousins already has six and eight in four years. It's absolutely ridiculous, the hate that Kirk Cousins gets. I'm sick of it. I'm not going to tolerate it anymore on my podcast, and I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out every time I see it because that shit is ridiculous. He's a good quarterback. The reason people don't think he's a bad quarterback is because he can put up stats, because he can throw for yards, because he can throw to Justin Jefferson. How many, how, many, how many years? How many years, Trevor? Has Justin Jefferson been on the on the Vikings? Two, but we're just talking about Vikings. Oh, we're first. just talking about two. Okay, so then why did his completion percentage drop last year? In the he year a, before, Jefferson had a, a better year his rookie year. Why does completion percentage drop from 2019 to 2020, Trevor? Tell me that. Oh, so he's, so he's getting worse? Here's a completion percentage. That's like saying Tyron Taylor's Okay, a why did his QBR back. drop? Why did his QBR drop when Jeff, Justin Jefferson joined the team? If Justin Jefferson is such a great wide receiver that he can make any quarterback good, why is Kirk Cousins getting worse when Justin Jefferson gets on the team? I'm not saying Justin Jefferson's a bad quarterback. I'm a bad wide receiver. I'm saying Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. What are you talking about, boy? I'm about to smack the shit out of both of y'all. I'm, oh my exactly. god! He's, a good exactly. He's not a great one. He's a name great me, quarterback. Name me quarterbacks, and maybe Kerry can tweet this tomorrow sometime soon. How many quarterbacks are better than Justin Jefferson? I mean, what? Uh, how many quarterbacks are better than Kirk Cousins? Zach, I want you to name them. Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That's it? Tom Brady. That's it. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Josh Justin Allen. Justin Herbert. Josh Allen. Matthew Stafford. And Joe Burrow. I'm going to put Joe Burrow ahead of him. Kyler Murray. Hell no. Fuck no. Dak. Dak. Fuck no. Derek Carr. Dak, no. Derek Carr, I'll say yes. Russell Wilson. No. Oh, not not today. Not today. Not today. Lamar? Absolutely fucking not. Lamar, Lamar Jackson's a fucking running back. He turns the ball over more yeah, than he scores. Yeah, How am on, I supposed man. to put him above a guy who's through 33-7 and seven to a guy that went like 16 for 14 with eight fumbles? How am I supposed yeah, to do that? That man ain't playing winning He's football. James Harden in the NFL. What? He's the James Harden in the NFL. Puts up points in the regular season. Sucks that was sick, off. dude. Shout out to Beerly Hoops. That Beerly was Hoops, sick, come on. I got seven guys above him. I'll put, him, I'll put Kirk Cousins at eight. He's not a top ten quarterback. He's like ten or eleven. I can maybe give him nine even, but like, he's not that. Gary, you just said he's not a top ten quarterback and you might put him at nine? You're a fucking idiot. Today. You're a fucking idiot. Learn... Learn to count to ten. There's ten fingers on your hands, Carrie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You fucking moron. Get out of here. Leave. Leave. Now let's talk Packers. I'm sick of it. All right, we got JJ here to talk some Packers. He's from Packers Talk. How are you doing tonight, JJ? Doing awesome. Thank you for having me on here. 
Yeah, we appreciate you coming on and talking about some Packers. Um, we've talked about them a few times already in our off-season episodes, but uh, yeah. now headed to the NFC North specifically. Uh, excited to talk about Green Bay. Uh, we want to get right into it. What do you think some of the strengths are heading into this season for your team? Yeah, for sure. So in 2022, the name of the game should be defense for Green Bay. Um, on paper, there's no excuse for this team to not be a top three defense in the NFL. If they aren't, then something went wrong. And um, but, you know, we we like our new defensive coordinator that we got last year. Joe Barry um, definitely had uh, a lot of times last year where you could see the vision for what this team could be um, defensively. And one of the things that they kept trying to do all in 2021 was. Uh, find an answer at that second linebacker spot behind uh, Devondre Campbell. You know, you saw in uh, the beginning of October, they brought in Jalen Smith after he was uh, released from the Cowboys. Uh, That ended up not panning out. And what they ended up doing throughout the season, because they just never had another guy who had the athletic traits to um, do what they needed opposite Campbell, is they played a lot more... um, with uh, three safety looks, and um, it, it it just didn't work a lot of the time. We had two good safeties, and those two safeties were both uh, in uh, Adrian Amos and uh, Darnell Savage. They were both struggling a bit in the new um, defense that Joe Barry had implemented, which, you know, historically, uh, it takes a little while for safeties to get up to speed. Um but and, and then behind those two guys, we didn't really have anybody. So you're trying to, um, you know, fill that second linebacker spot with a third safety, and you kind of only have just two safeties anyway. So um, for that reason, the addition of Quay Walker in the first round, I think, has the potential to really be transformative to this defense and maybe really kick things up to the next level, assuming that um, he can, you know, get up to speed uh, quickly enough. Gotcha. Gotcha. Here's the big thing for the offseason. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers coming back. How excited are you when you come back or not excited? I think for me, one of the big things was I was looking at all of the guys that needed to be paid. And I didn't see a world where you could feasibly bring back Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and still field a good team. And to me, it made the most sense to move on from... um from Rodgers, but I, I was mostly kind of okay with moving on for, from either one of them. I just, I didn't like the world in which we tried to bring them both back because to me, I, I just didn't see how you could sustain the defense, um, sustain the offensive line. And, and, you know, we lost Billy Turner, which I, I think might maybe has the potential to be addition by subtraction. I liked the offensive lineman that we got in this draft class, we'll have to see what they're going to do at right tackle this year. Um, but the Aaron Rodgers contract is certainly an interesting one um, that we just, even though we, <laughs> it's been a little while since it's been out, we still don't really fully understand what his contract actually looks like. We don't, you know, the, the Packers are saying it's a year to year situation with Rodgers. They don't know. Um, at what point he's going to hang it up. He doesn't know. So they're they're just taking it year by year. I think that probably what we're going to see is the deal is going to get restructured every offseason for the next few years until he eventually does hang it up. But I'm I'm excited to have him back. I think that, um, 
this has the potential to be a good season. You know, when if, if you're looking at um, total wins on the season, are we going to have uh, 13 wins again this year? I don't. I'm not sure. I think somewhere between 12 or you know 11, 12, maybe 14 at the top seems like a reasonable expectation for the team. But I think that this season they're going to be a better team all around. Fewer um, games where things just fall apart. I think uh, you're going to, by the end of the season, you're going to have a lot more confidence in this team than we did last year. And I, I wasn't a big fan of the offseason they had um, a year ago where they had the goal of bringing everybody back, um, you know, re- regardless of the cap situation, not really making additions anywhere. Um, I I had a lot of concerns with that strategy, and, and I felt like overall you saw – some significant problems along the offensive line, for example, that were worrying me before that season even began. I feel like they're in a better spot to start this year um, in more places across the team. Even if some of the spots such as tight end and wide receiver concern you a bit more than they did last year. I think my, my big concerns with the team last year were at bigger positions, more important positions than they are this year. Right. Yeah. Are you worried at all about the receiver core, you know, with Adams gone, or do you trust the guys they have this year? I'm just not that worried. I think that the offense probably is going to take a little while to get going this year, but it took a while to get going last year, Um, and that was with Adams. I think uh, one of the things you're going to see is they're going to spread the ball around a lot. I think the running backs are going to be involved. I'd like to see them make an addition somewhere at tight end. Um, But as for the receiver room, do I think that there is potential to upgrade there? Yeah, for sure. But if they don't, I'm really not that concerned. I think that um, one thing that we have seen over the last three years in the Matt LaFleur era is that Rodgers plays better when he's forced to kind of spread the ball around to more guys. And right. what we've seen a bunch of times over the last few years is when you know, it really hits the fan and, you know, he gets wide eyed and, and there's just a lot of pressure on him and the offensive line isn't doing their job. He clamps down and locks in on the one or two guys that he trusts. And it's usually Devonte, and it's just force feeding the ball to Devonte. And it, you know, it, am I, am I trying to make a case that we're going to be better without one of the best wide receivers in football? No, I, I don't think that you get better by losing Devonte, but I think that there are some positive, um, effects from losing him that you can still look at and say, yeah, you, you went backwards, but it makes you stronger in some other ways there. Especially and Rogers, that, yeah. Especially if Rogers keeps playing for another three, four years. And, and that, that really is the big question is, you know, how long is he going to be here? But that's not a 2022 issue. That's a 2023 and beyond issue. Mm-hmm. Right. What would you, um, what would you say are some of the weaknesses heading into this season? So right now we don't know who our right tackle is. That's the biggest area of concern. There's a bunch of guys in the mix there. I think best case scenario, you'd like to have Elton Jenkins there, but he tore his ACL in, I believe, November last year. Um, so, you know, is he going to be ready to go week one or, or even necessarily by mid season? I think that that's a a real valid concern. And even when he comes back, I mean, an ACL recovery, especially for a a big man up front, 
really is a two-year process. So, you know, even if he's back, how much of him is going to be back in 2022? So, you know, in, in a perfect world, Elton is your right tackle this year. But we have a pile of guys. So there's uh, Yash Nyman, who filled in at left tackle uh, for the second half of last year. Um, you got the uh, the new guys, Sean Ryan and Zach Tom out of Wake Forest. And um, I would argue that uh, last year's right guard, Royce Newman, probably in the mix there for right tackle as well, um, heading into training camp. So you got a pile of guys there um, that you need to um, find. A, you get you got to pull a right tackle and a right guard out of that mix of guys. And it's going to be interesting to see how that battle shakes out. And, you know, but, my dream for this offensive line is to get a little bit of stability and consistency. We've had so many injuries there at the last two years right? Yep. that, that the, the reshuffling across that offensive line has just been, I mean, nearly week to week. I, I, I can't think of what would be the longest period of time that we had the same five guys lined up next to each other in the last two years. It's, it's been a while. I mean, it seems to see the Packers always, you know, finding these to get guys in like the late round undrafted free agents too, that kind of work out for them in the end. Seems yeah. like you know, every year there's, you know, a big guy leaving. It was Beluga last year or the other year. It's always yep. some guy leaving and Packers, you know, they find some guy in late round and able to replace him pretty well. So, yeah, you know, I mean, so, so this is the out. this is the third year in a row that the Packers have drafted three offensive linemen. So you got nine guys in the last three years. <clears throat> so um, the the first pool of guys that they took, uh, you know, uh, two two whole drafts ago, three, three years ago, whatever. Um, out of that pool, John Runyon has really emerged as, I mean, he's, he's, you can probably ink him in as the starting left guard this year, uh, playing some really good football for us. Uh, he was, I think a sixth round pick last year. They took, um, uh, I already mentioned Royce Newman. I think he was a fourth round pick. Um, definitely some bumps and bruises along the way for him. But by the end of last year, he had really, um, kind of, kind of hit, hit a, a good, pace there and and really was uh stepping up and playing some really quality football i mean i see if he can continue you know pick up where he left off and like i said you know he's got the size to play at tackle and and the packers consider him a a swing uh guard or tackle so it'll be interesting to see i'm sure he'll be um given the opportunity to compete for that right tackle spot but definitely across the whole roster right tackle is the biggest question mark and then the offensive line just in general like who's Who's going to end up where and, and how long is it going to take for them to find some cohesion? Uh, and then I would I would say after that, tight end might be an issue for him. So you got Mercedes Lewis uh, there as really your tight end one, but he's almost 50 years old pretty right, much. Not yeah. really, but, um, but he's getting driver. up there. Uh, Robert Tunyon, kind of a Cinderella story, guy that we all really like, um, tore his ACL in October. Sounds like his recovery isn't coming along as well as you'd hope. Um, I I have him on the pup list to start the season uh, is just my prediction. Hopefully um, he is able to get out there sooner rather than later. So behind them, him, you got a, a pile of guys. There's Josiah DeGuara, who we took in 2020 out of Cincinnati. Like him a lot, but he's definitely more of an H back than a traditional, uh, you know, Y dual tight end. And he's probably going to be asked to really step up and, and play a role. And beyond that, it's just, it's just a bunch of guys, guys who I know and love, but shouldn't expect anybody who's not a Packer fan to have any idea who the heck they are. 
Right. Yeah. And he talks about acquiring some of those guys in, in past year's drafts. But um, mm-hmm. when you're looking at this year's draft. Would you say overall you're happy with the, the selections and what would you grade the draft for the Packers? Well, I'm I'm super happy with the draft. I think as as far as how you would grade it, um, I think the only thing you can grade in year one for anybody's draft is the process by which they went about. I don't think I think you got to give the players two or three years to to see if they're a good choice or not. But um, I I was happy that I didn't feel like they overpaid for anybody. They didn't seem to reach on anybody. Maybe you could make an argument for Quay Walker being a bit of a reach in the first round, but one of the things with linebackers here is that um, RGM doesn't really put a high value on linebackers very much on, on the inside linebackers um, has lower value on him takes, you know, swings at him in real late rounds. The fact that he was um, interested in Quay with the first pick of, of the draft for him speaks volumes to how enamored he was with Quay as an individual player and then just positionally also, you know, we know that Joe Barry really was banging the table. He needed that linebacker. So I was shocked when Quay came off the board there at 22. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to see him integrate into the defense. And then overall, I, I think the rest of the draft, I'm I'm really thrilled with how it went. I think uh, Kingsley and Agbar is a guy who I was expecting to go way earlier. I, you, you saw mock drafts with him in the second, third round. Uh, we ended up getting him. In the fifth round, it felt like a steal to me. Uh, love his attitude, love the way he plays. You know, we just lost Zadarius Smith, um, and there's there's a lot of Zadarius in Kingsley's game. Um, would, would be interesting to see if he can be used in some of the same ways that we used Z while he was here. Uh, Zach Tom, uh, out of Wake Forest, that was a dude who I was absolutely enamored with pre draft. I couldn't believe that we got him. Probably my favorite pick of the entire draft. Super excited about Zach Tom. And then, uh, you know, what what he and, and Sean Ryan uh, to UCLA can do together um, on that offensive line. I think you really have the the guys that you need in order to uh, put this offensive line back together and, and really get some juice out of it. Right. Is there any, uh, you think there's any bad blood there? Was it Aries Smith? You think you might get booed in Lambeau? Going oh, to the, absolutely. The absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We uh, <laughs> there are some folks who still like him, um, but it, it feels like he's trying to turn himself into a uh, Packers supervillain. No question. He went to Minnesota out of spite. Um, yeah. Really not sure what was going on with him. Uh, the last year he was here, it was, it was disappointing because he was a guy that we really liked uh, for for two years. Uh, real, real lovable guy. Easy to root for. Things just really went sour this past year. Um, it, at, at some point, probably probably uh, as we're getting close to that week one matchup against the Vikings, we'll probably hear a little bit from the players about what exactly was going on between them and Zedarius. Uh, but until then, we we just can only speculate. Right. That's a good point. I don't I don't know. I don't know a lot of Packers fans. I didn't know if that was a thing or not, but it's it's cool to know that it was. Very disappointing to see him uh, go to Minnesota. You know, we. Um, I really wanted to see him in Baltimore. Yeah, I did too. I wanted I him to go back to fit. Baltimore, have that reunion. I thought the the Ravens really could use him. It seemed like, uh, you know, an opportunity for him to, uh, you know, re- really go full circle. And then the the second that he backed out of the deal with the Ravens, we all instantly knew he's going to Minnesota because they need an edge rusher. 
You can tell he's ticked off at uh, his his teammates. You know, they didn't make him captain because he he wasn't in um, any of the offseason programs and stuff with the Packers last year. Uh, There's just weird stuff going on all season long with him. We we have zero answers about what was going on with him. We just know that there was something going on. And, you know, you, you had the writing on the wall before the season even began. The way his contract was structured, there was absolutely no way he was going to be back in 2022. 20, um, but he, he still seemed to have been shocked and upset that they um, moved on from him. It was, it was, it was disappointing that that's how it had to go down. Uh, would it would have liked to see him go to Baltimore? Cause we could have still definitely rooted for his success. If he had done that. All right. So Zach, our third host couldn't make this segment. He asked the guest same question every time. Where? How many wins do you think the Jaguars will have this season? Don't know why I'm asking this, but why not? <laughs> well, the Jaguars, I think I'm a little bit higher on the Jags than a lot of other folks. I, I don't have them in my bottom tier. Um, I, I don't have them as contenders for the number one overall pick again this year, even though I have five teams in that tier. So I think they're at, at, at least... No, no worse than the sixth worst team in the league. I think that there's some intriguing talent there. It was really disappointing to see um, the way Trevor Lawrence looked last year. Seemed like he wasn't getting any support or guidance from the coaching staff, even though you could still see that all the uh, great leadership traits that you loved about him at Clemson still very much present. It seemed like uh, whenever anything was going well on the offense, it was because Trevor was pulling out of guys um, it, it, despite the coaching staff and uh, the toxic environment down there. That, that's, that's my two cents. So how many wins? I think that uh, three wins is, is like their floor. I think that uh, I think they should be capable of getting more out of, out of uh, their guys than that. Uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say five or six is my guess. Five or six. Most respectful. I like it. There's uh, there's some people that have come on the show that have, said eight nine trying to kiss up to zach but i like that it's a very <laughs> realistic answer um my hey, last you know what? question what's up go ahead go ahead um, my last question for you is can you say it's the year of the beer the year of the beer uh, i'll go. say that Perfect. it's the year of the beer thank you thank you carrie you got one more for him uh you got anything you want to plug in here in a podcast uh want to promote anything before we head out tonight yeah, any uh, Packer fans out there listening to this uh, fantastic show, check out my two shows. Uh, I got uh, Cheese and Packers. That's on the Packernet Podcast Network. I and No Huddle name. Radio over on Packernet.com. Uh, do that. Uh, both of those are weekly shows. We got one that comes out on Wednesday and one that comes out on Friday. So uh, check those out. And then I'm on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y. Always happy to talk with uh, Packer fans or NFL fans in general. Time for some tweets, some rapid fire. You ready, boys? I was born ready. Were you? You yeah. thought Kirk Cousins was top ten. So he is a top ten. Terry, I will lose my fucking mind if you say that shit again. I'm sick yeah. of it. Will Ravens or Dolphins finish with more wins in 2022? The Ravens. It does, it's not even a question. Dolphins. No, Tyree Kill is not adding enough to that offense. Tua can't throw him the ball. He underthrows it by 12 yards. And then all this, I mean, we all see where the Dolphins are headed. It's another mediocre to bad season uh, with a decent team held behind, held back by Tua Tagovailoa, one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Colin yeah, Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick deserves a job more than two attack below. All right, Zach. All right, Trevor, what do you think? You know what I'm saying. Be more. Baltimore. Baltimore? I like it. I'm going Miami. Their defense is fire. They had a great offseason. They have no offense. Zero offense. They have a fire D. They have fire D. Their they D have, is fire. Zach. Zach. They have a group. Their line's a lot better. They got a lot of good running backs. They got Hill and Waddle and Gasecki. And no one to throw the ball to him. Two is mediocre. He's All bad. He's bad. Manager. He's bad. 25th in the league. 25th. If you put Kirk Cousins on this team, is this not a top five team in the NFL? If you do put Kirk Cousins on this team, they're probably winning a championship. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> All right, Zach. All right. True or false, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say inconclusive. I can't pick. All right. You can <laughs> Your your favorite team can pick one player from the Bengals. Who are you taking? Patriots? I'm taking Jamar Chase. Trevor? Evan McPherson. Come on, man. Zach? What? You said Patriots. From the Bengals? Oh. From, from your specific... No. You can take one player from the Bengals from your favorite team. So, like, you're a Jags fan. Obviously, Joe Burrow is better than Lawrence. You want Joe Burrow, right? Evan no. McPherson? No. Hold on one second. I'm probably taking Trey Hendrickson. I like that. I like that. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. All right. Next one. Pick one in their prime, Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford? Matt Ryan. Ryan. Matt Ryan. Sure. Matt Ryan. Who is the best wide receiver here? Hunter Renfro, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Brandon Stokely, Wayne Krabat. There's not anything in common with those guys. <laughs> they all sound white. Wow, really? Kevin Logan. Gonna... Was he one of the ones? No. No. Oh, Wes Welker. Was he one of the ones? Yeah. I'm thinking Adam, Edelman. Adam Edelman. Thielen. <laughs> Thielen is not that. Um, He's not a receiver. Yes. I'm going to go Renfro. He's he's a beast. He Who's is. fast? Who's faster, Deshaun Jackson or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill faster. But... Who'll be the worst team in the NFL next season? I'm saying the Bears. Worst team in the NFL next season. Right, the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Carolina because I think McCaffrey gets hurt to, hurt again. That's a solid pick. All right. Which Ryan Fitzpatrick was the best? I don't want to answer. Dolphins Fitzpatrick, Bucks Fitzpatrick, Jets Fitzpatrick, or Bills Fitzpatrick? Bills Fitzpatrick. I'm thinking Bucks. He was the most fun. Honestly, Jets Fitzpatrick was the best QB of them, but like Bucks was the I don't know. Like, you look at the stats when he he played for the Bills, and he would throw. No! Like, he would throw so many touchdowns and His so many picks. He was with the Jets, surprisingly. Really? Because he had beat Marshall and Eric Decker. Oh, that was that year? Yeah, his only... Then, like, then maybe he, that year. Maybe the Jets, yeah. Trevor? I don't care. All right. <laughs> rank, rank these wide receivers. Julio Jones, Megatron, Larry Fitzgerald, and Antonio Brown. I'm thinking, I almost made a TikTok about this today, but I couldn't think of an order. I'm taking Megatron, A.B., Larry Fitzgerald, Julio Jones. Are they all in their prime? 
All in their prime. For one year? One year. Calvin's Where? first. Yeah. He's, that's That one's easy. And then two for me has to be either Julio or A.B. I'm going... I'm I'll going go on the Julio same one season. A B Larry Fitzgerald last. I'm going the same order as Kerry. Larry's kind of overrated, honestly. Huh? Larry's had a great career, but like prime, he he's not near the other guys, honestly. What are you talking about? He's slow. He's a good route runner. He's he doesn't drop passes. He does everything you want him to do. He can block. Ugh. Megatron, Julio, and A B were all better. At- uh, I'm sorry. I'm taking Larry at three. Okay. Who are you putting last? Julio. I'm putting Julio last, too. In, in his prime? Yeah. yeah. 2015. What do y'all think about this? AJ Green was better than Julio Jones. No, come on. No, come on. Shut up. Stop. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Pick one in their prime. I got hated on for the sweet. Derrick Henry versus Adrian Peterson. Shout out to Taylor Lewin. Taylor Lewin came on this podcast. Yeah, Taylor Taylor Lewin was not happy with that tweet. He called he called Beerly Football stupid for tweeting this. Actually, who? Taylor Lewin beat me in a shotgun. Oh, did he actually? He replied to our tweet and said, "This is stupid, dumbest question." Henry's still in his prime. Another, an actual, a Jets linebacker from like the 2000s also responded to this tweet and said it was stupid. So, you know, at least they care about us. That's all that matters. <laughs> they're peanut butter and jealous, dude. They hate yeah. us because they're anus. Yeah, all right, true. They hate us because we anus. This was actually our biggest tweet of all time. True or false? Is Josh Allen a top three QB? True. I'm going to say true. Oh, three for three. Top or bottom? Pick. One trio oh, in the bottom team. for sure. <laughs> oh, TJ Watt, Darius Leonard, Jalen Ramsey versus JJ Watt, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Peterson. I'm taking it's Bobby. Up. Come on. Wait, in their prime or just today? In their prime. Oh, the bottom. So obviously, the like Ramsey. Bottom. Fair. Who's more clutch, Justin Tucker or Adam Vinatieri? Evan McPherson. And I'm serious. And I'm so serious. Wow. Um, I'm going to go Adam Vinatieri in terms of clutch. I think, right. Justin so is, I think Justin Tucker is the best kicker to ever play. But I think Adam Vinatieri is more clutch. You're not going to be able to say that in like three or four years. Evan uh, McPherson. Ooh, I'm serious. Last two tweets. Star one, bench one, cut one. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott. Starting Russ, benching Stafford, cutting Dak. Trevor? I got a hot take. Um, Hot take incoming. I'm starting Russ. Wait, are we talking today or in their their prime? Today. Like cutting the coming season. Okay. Russ? Matt, Stafford, Dak. I wouldn't hate Dak. You know ball. Maybe. Yes, sir. Zach? Hot take incoming. I know what Zach's going to say. Dak, start. You did? Russ, bench, cut Stafford. You're lying, dude. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Ooh, like it? Hot take. Right there. All right. Last tweet. 
Who will be the second best QB in the AFC East next season? Josh after, Allen. After Josh Allen. Josh Allen will be second after Tua Tagovailoa. No, I'm just saying. I'm biased. Uh, second place. I, I have to go with Mac. That's a good. How many replies did you get to that? That is an excellent tweet. We got like 203 replies. You could start bench cut to uh, Mac Jones and um, they're all very, they're all very close next year, honestly. Um, second best, damn. It's definitely not to. Uh, I'm gonna go Mac. I like that. I like that. Who? So you got two of fourth? Zach yeah, absolutely. Third? He's the bottom of the list. Absolutely. Tua, not Mac Jones. Tua. Fair, fair. All right, that's it. Rapid fire done for the night. All righty. So, time for plugs. Time for plugs. Carrie, kick us off. All right. Follow us on Twitter at Beerly Baseball for baseball content. Follow us on Twitter at Beerly Football for football content. Follow us on Instagram at Beerly Sports for all Beerly content. Follow us on Twitter at Beerly Hockey for hockey content. Check out our new podcast. We're three episodes in. Playoffs getting started. Check us out. Beerly Hockey on Spotify. Apple coming soon. Trevor, I know you got hoops. I'm also coming soon. Um, that's uh, yeah, yeah. The um, shout out to Phil and Nate over at Hockey, doing an excellent job over there, um, covering the NHL playoffs. Remember, Beerly Sports, your home for NHL hockey, NHL playoff action. Um, yeah, me and uh, YOTV Dort do a great show over Beerly Hoops. We've been talking about the uh, NBA playoffs right now. We're down to the conference finals at a great time of the year, and it's it's the year of the beer. All right. And uh, just make sure you check out our website, BeerlySports.com. Uh, we have articles up. Uh, and also, make sure you follow each of us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at TheGolfGuyZach. Uh, you can also follow me on TikTok at SportsGuyZach. What's your, what's your Twitter, Trevor? Uh, my Twitter is underscore Trev Scott. Carries is, I think, DempseyK96. Something like that. Who cares? He's not even here. Yeah, don't follow Kerry. But also, uh, really sports on TikTok. I um, I posted a TikTok yesterday about one of our tweets. It did pretty well. So there you go. Be a little more active on there. So yeah. Carrie, do you want to plug your Twitter before we leave, or you want to keep that private? Nobody cares about me, so why would I plug that? That's true. No one does give a shit about you. Okay. Next. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. <laughs> we'll talk to you next next episode. Not next week. Next episode. You guys have a good one. Bye-bye.